Welcome to Classic Comedy of Old Time Radio. I'm your host, Ron Ecklebarger. Here we go with the Bob Hope Show. This is episode number 546 of the Bob Hope Show, and it originally aired on February 11th, 1953. Here now is Bob Hope with his special guest, Jane Wyman. Ladies and gentlemen, here I am again with another message about milk, the healthiest drink in the world. Now, milk is so loaded with vitamins, if you drink a glass of it every day, it'll keep me going. But I want to tell you, I see by the trade papers, they're expecting the biggest year ever at Las Vegas. Las Vegas, that's an old Spanish term meaning goodbye forever. Well, you notice in the newspaper ads, they always call it colorful Las Vegas colorful. That's because you go over there to get a tan, leave in the red, and come home with the blues. I didn't know we had that many winters here, did I? But it's pretty over there in the desert, especially at dusk when the purple shadows creep across the painted desert and the golden sun slowly sinks behind the green of the cables. I've never seen it. I loved it over there. I played it smart this time. I came back with everything I went down there with, except my money. <laughs> I played number seven on the roulette wheel all evening, and it never came up once. I got so mad when I was leaving, I flicked my cigarette ashes on it. The ball dropped in number seven, and I won 36 piles of ashes. you can get clipped down there. I only had one white shirt with me, so at night I washed it and hung it outside my window to dry. A croupier looked over the gambling room and said, no fair surrendering. <laughs> Las Vegas has a wonderful slogan, fun in the sun, then the evening it's bed in the depth, and then you go home and sleep in the streets. I said to the manager of the casino, I love this desert area. He said, good, we'll see that you go home with your pockets full of it. about in Las Vegas is gambling. I wasn't feeling good, so I went to a doctor. He looked me over carefully, pulled out his wallet, slapped it on the table, said, eight to five, you got a spare flea, pulled out his wallet, slapped it on the table, said, eight to five, you got a spotted liver. <laughs> and I've taken the bet, but I didn't care for his terms. He wanted to prove it with an autopsy. Autopsy. He was at the roulette table. Of course, he doesn't gamble. He just stands there feeling the money. But finally, he couldn't uh, resist it, so he opened his purse and pulled out a dollar bill. I don't know how long it had been in there, but George Washington was wearing a knee-length beard. And Phil Harris was there, too. I'd never have known it. Only one of the dice rolled under the table. to roll him over to see if I'd made my point. 
But there's other attractions besides gambling down there. All the chorus girls are gorgeous. They kept winking at me all during the show. And if you don't believe it, ask Cary Grant. He was sitting right beside me. The nice thing about Las Vegas is that you don't have to gamble. I didn't go in the gambling room at all the first day I was there, and the manager of the hotel didn't say a word. He didn't say a word. He just sat out in the road and pointed. The other day, I had some trouble with a wise guy motorcycle cop. I denied I went through a red light, and he thought I was lying just because he found it in my front seat. <laughs> and the new models are so automatic that pretty soon we'll have cars running around with our drivers. Of course, we've had that in California for years. Some of the new cars are getting smaller and smaller. Yesterday, I was almost run over by a convertible roller skate with a windshield. <laughs> One new car even has a television set in the rear window. It's very convenient for motorcycle cops. While they're chasing you, they can watch Dragnet. <laughs> I was driving down Sunset Boulevard behind a midget car when it suddenly disappeared down a sewer grating. I yelled, is everything okay? And the driver yelled back, yeah, I'm headed for Santa Monica and I make faster time floating. <laughs> do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do, 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 do. I think I got too much dough in my re, mi, fa, sol, la. Do, re, mi, fa, sol, la. Rob, what are you doing? I was just brushing up on my singing, Bill. Sounds like you were using a wire brush. What's the idea, Rob? Bill, I've been thinking about my career. What about it? What did you have in mind for your career? Well, I think I could be a successful singer. You a singer? Hi, fellas. Hello, Maggie. Hi, Maggie. I have some very large news for you. Bob is thinking of becoming a singer. Well, what do you figure to do? Become another Lonza or a Pinza? Why not both? <laughs> what do you mean, Bill? Well, when you sing, it sounds like Lonza's just been stuck with a Pinza. <laughs> Look, Bob, you know something? It takes training to be a singer. Now, I know. I realize that. You're going to need a vocal coach. Have you decided on one yet? Not yet, Maggie. I was going to ask you about that. Well, there's a great teacher in town. Maybe you know him. Professor Herman von Hickelhofer. <laughs> Hickelhofer sounds like something you eat with sauerkraut. Is he good? Oh, he's sensational. He's helped lots of singers. Wait a minute. I'll write out his address for you. Oh, fine. I think I'll run over and see him right now. So long, Bill. So long, Maggie. <laughs> I guess this must be Professor Hickenlaufer's studio. It says, Institute of Voice, Culture, and Study of the Vocal Art, Bach Beer on Draft. <laughs> I'll go in. Oh, excuse me, sir. Are you... You the door, Boom Cope. I'm going to catch a cold in my head. <laughs> Professor Hickenlofer. Yeah, that's right. I'm Professor Herrmann from Hickenlofer, internationally famous teacher of gunther singing, Wagnerian opera, and babysitter for the Bell Sisters. <laughs> Kid must have gotten a hold of a loaded wiener schnitzel. <laughs> then I guess this must be the place. Say, Professor. 
Mr. Hickenlopper, do you have any special method of teaching? Ah, yes. Your mind system is based on correcting the breathing, so there's a free use of cranial tone amplification, which allows the pharynx and the larynx to produce arpeggios, obligatos, crescendos, and glissandos. Oh, I see. You mean you understand that? for me, and then I'm going to tell you what, what I think of your wife. Oh, what shall I think? But how about singing the schöne Umlaut von des Himmelstoss zu lieber Mädchenkind immer bist mir ein Hagen liebst mir ein zu. What does that mean? Chloe. <laughs> no, I can't sing, Chloe. I'll try something else like Glowworm, maybe. No, wait, wait, wait. Gonna sing that glow worm for you first, and then you're gonna see how it really should be sung. Hmm? Now you're gonna hear a voice with real quality. Now listen to this. Glow, little glow worm, glimmer, glimmer. Neglecting my talent, that's all. I'm not just the kind of a guy that can stand still while other people go ahead. Hey, wait a minute. I just got a sensational idea. What is it? Well, you're a success as a singer. You've made lots of wonderful records. How would it be if you and I teamed up? The flu certainly does strange things to people. It's a great idea. Do you know what it would mean if you... To people. It's a great idea. 
great idea. Do you know what it would mean if you did an act with me? Yeah, but I'm not ready to get out of show business. No, no. <laughs> You just don't decide to be a singer and then do it. It takes special ability and talent. That's true, Jane. Well, I know. I've sung with lots of people. I've even made a record with Bing. Welcome back to the land of the living. <laughs> well, I don't think it would work, Bob. Oh, I bet I know why you're skeptical. You haven't heard me sing yet. <laughs> well, I... Well, here, I'll give you a little sample. Get this now. Glow, little glowworm, glimmer, glimmer. <laughs> glow, little glowworm, glimmer, glimmer. You understand that up to now, I've just been singing to keep my hand in. Sounds more like you got your foot in it. <laughs> Why not give it a chance? I think I know where I can get it as one tryout engagement. Well, I guess there'd be nothing wrong with a tryout. You mean you'll do it? All right. Oh, that's wonderful. I, you and I are doing an act together. I can't believe it. I'm going to pinch you to see if I'm awake. Pinch me? You're supposed to pinch yourself. That's the old way. <laughs> Jane Wyman promised to do a nightclub act with Bob. 
Let's go now to Jane's home in Beverly Hills, where we find her discussing the matter with her agent. If I seem a little exasperated, Jane, it's because this is the very thing for which you pay me commission, to make your decisions for you. I know. Jane, I'm asking you not to do this nightclub act with Bob Hope. You have nothing to gain by it. But Bob's due over here in a few minutes to rehearse, and I gave him my word. For goodness sake, before you promised anything, why didn't you call me? I wasn't near a phone. Jane, let me give you a piece of advice I give every girl in Hollywood. What's that? When Bob Hope's around, always be near a phone. <laughs> oh, there he is now. What'll I do? Now, let me handle him, Jane. Don't you say a word. Well... No, no, not one word, understand? I'll do the talking for you. All right. Uh, come in, Bob. I'm Jane's agent. Oh, nice to know you. Hello, Jane. Hello. <laughs> be an echo in here. <laughs> well, here I am, Jane. You know, you get prettier every time I see you. Thank you. <laughs> now, let's quit kidding, Jane. Are you going to speak to me? No. Listen, she's already got one Oscar for this type of thing. Let's not overdo it. talk to you, but I'm afraid you won't like what I'm going to say. No? What's that? Well, Bob, I'm sorry, but I can't do the act with you. But I've already booked us into a nightclub, Jane. I don't know what to say, Bob. Oh, it's just a little club, one of those intimate places, candles and checkered tablecloths. Hey, gee, that sounds rather nice. Uh, does a gypsy make his violin cry? The fellow at this place started the whole thing. Sobbing Sam and his sniveling Stradivarius. <laughs> to mop up the floor every ten minutes. <laughs> Jane, I, I really don't think that you, you should... Well, I know, but, but this sounds like so much fun I can't resist. Yes, but... Re but it's only for one performance. All right, Bob, I'll go down there with you. Oh, fine, we haven't got much time, so let's start rehearsing. We're due at the club in less than three hours. Hey, here we are, Jane, right in here. This is the Club Splendid. In here? This is a cigar store. Yeah, we go right on through. The club's in the back room. Goodness, the people are packed in like sardines. And getting oil. <laughs> well, let's not stand here in this mob, Bob. <laughs> One thing we can do, let's dance. I thought we were. to find the manager and let him know we're here. Hey, little lady, how about you and me having this walk? Oh, no thanks. Ah, oh, come on. She doesn't want to dance with you. Here I am all alone to want to dance with and You get the three prettiest girls in the place. <laughs> well, so long, buddy. So long, little lady. Bob, let's do our act and get out of here. Okay, Jane, here's the manager coming towards us now. Oh, Slash, hiya, Bobby boy. Wow, who are you from the dame with you tonight? Hiya, lady. How do you do? Hey, you sound all right for yourself, Bobby. She's real class. Yeah. You ever looking for a job, kid? We use waitresses on a day shift. That face of yours could sell a lot of beer. Well, thank you. Yeah, with that classy look, I bet you could even sell me expensive drinks. Yes, sir, I'd say what you got there is a real highball kisser. He tanked. Remind 
me to get the address of his charm school. <laughs> hey, we're all set, Flat. Whenever you say, we'll do our act. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll quiet the folks down. Okay, everybody, knock it off, knock it, knock it off! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we got an act of entertainment for you, so let's give them a big hand. Yes, all know Bob Hope. He's got a swell-looking dame with him. Hooray! 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 We're out here. All right, there you are, kids. Give your music to the fan leader, and you're on. Oh, thanks, Flat. You ready, Jane? Let's go. Down by the old. I gotta meet you, honey. Man. That life will be so sunny. The paddle's chunking, and you are my little punk. glad we met down by the river that day, baby. With me, it was love at first sight. Uh-huh. I mean it. Since I met you, I've never even looked at another girl. A beautiful women never bother me. No, but brother, how you wish they would. <laughs> well, if you really like me, Robert, you, could, you at least ought to be on time when we have a date. Oh, I'm sorry to be late, honey. I stopped to put a nickel in one of those perfume spraying machines. What took so long about that? Putting my clothes back on. <laughs> together several times and you haven't said one word about us getting married. Oh, good. I was worried. There's one thing I've got to ask you first, Jane. What's that? Would you object to our getting married if you found out that anyone in my family is, well, a little touched, balmy, a bit noodled in the noggin? Oh, don't be silly, Robert. That's what I like about you. get home. I mean, you, silly. I love being your wife, Robert. You do? Mm-hmm. You want me to cook biscuits for dinner tonight? Sure. Cook three or four dozen of them. Three or four dozen? Well, isn't that an awful lot? Yeah, but I gotta get the patio finished sometime. <laughs> well, you didn't treat me this way that first afternoon, Robert. Just think, if I hadn't been strolling on the riverbank and you hadn't been fishing, we'd never met. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't be married now, and I wouldn't have some wonderful news for you. Wonderful news? What's that, Jane? Well, you know that new room you built on the house, the nursery? <laughs> you got it finished just in time. Honey, you mean... Yes, dear. My mother's coming to live with us. <laughs> Killed me. Your mother's coming to live with us for how long? Forever. She's moving right in. Gee, that's wonderful. It's great. I can't wait for her to get here. You mean it, Robert? 
Robert? Sure, I told you I was catched in the head. <laughs> you were 16. My village queen. By the old. My pretty cabin in the cotton. By the old. It's far away but not forgotten. By the old. Who says their life begins at 40? <laughs> By, By the, the old. work was singing on the radio in her teens. As early as 1932, she got bit parts in some Hollywood films. Warner Brothers then signed her to a contract in 1936, and by 1938, she'd been in almost a couple dozen films. Then, that year, she appeared in a movie called Brother Rat, with an actor who would become her husband, Ronald Reagan. They were married for 10 years until 1948, and it's kind of an interesting irony that Jane Wyman said that the reason that she divorced Ronald Reagan was over politics, because she was a Republican and he was a Democrat. Now, now if you know your history, Reagan did become a Republican. He changed parties in the 1960s and became quite a staunch Republican. He was elected as the Republican governor of California and later was elected as Republican president of the United States in 1980 and reelected in 1984. Wyman voted for him both times. Interesting. She could have been the first lady. And her politics would have been fine if she had just waited. Well, hindsight is twenty twenty. Who knows if she'd have even wanted to be first lady? I don't know. Anyway, throughout the early 1940s, she cemented her status as a B-film leading lady. She really gained a lot of notice through her role as Helen St. James, which was Ray Milan's girlfriend in Billy Wilder's 1945 movie, The Lost Weekend. It was a story about alcoholism. In 1946, she was nominated for a Best Actress Oscar for her role opposite Gregory Peck in The Yearling. Great film. Great book, too. Her Academy Award-winning performance came as a deaf-mute rape victim in Johnny Belinda 
1948. That's what Bob Hope was referring to in today's episode about her not speaking. Wyman spent over six months preparing for this film, which was an enormous hit, and it won her that Best Actress Oscar. Now, this performance that she gave was the first time since Talking Pictures came out that a person won an acting Oscar without saying a word. At the awards, Wyman took her statue and said only this, I accept this very gratefully for keeping my mouth shut once. I think I'll do it again. <laughs> she was nominated for Best Actress two more times for The Blue Veil in 1951 and Magnificent Obsession in 1954 opposite Rock Hudson. She also did a lot of work in television in the 1950s. Now, the 1960s were not as kind to Jane and she went into a semi-retirement. Then, in 1981, just after her ex-husband became president, she was offered the role of Angela Channing in the primetime soap opera Falcon Crest. This catapulted her back into the spotlight. When she finally retired in 1990, Wyman had starred in 83 movies and two successful TV series and was nominated for four Academy Awards, and she won once. Jane Wyman died in 2007. She was 90 years old. Please send your questions and comments to host at classiccomedyotr.com. Until we meet again, in the words of Helen Keller, I would rather walk with a friend in the dark than walk alone in the light.